If you'd like to follow along in the blue pew Bibles in front of you, you can turn to page uh, 1013. Page 1013. James chapter 4, 13 through 17. Hear now the reading of God's holy and inerrant word. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, could you believe it? Uh, we are at the end of 2019. It seems that I've just gone by so very quickly. As we come to the to end of the year, to, uh, is an opportunity for us to reflect back. For some of us, it's been a great year. It's an opportunity for us to just praise God. And for others, it might have been a very tough year. May we remember God's still there. And He's with us. As we look forward to a new year, may we see where we are and where we need to be. You see, all of us do not plan to fail. However, many of us fail because we do not plan. And it's critical for us to plan wisely. Just because we plan, that does not mean that... uh, it will come to fruition. However, when we do plan, it gives us a great probability that it will come to pass. How are we to plan for the future? What might be wrong ways as to how we go about planning for the future? And what might be the right way to plan? If you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 4, verses 13 to 17. Before we jump into this passage, which talks about planning for the future, I'd like to just give you a little background about James. See, James talks about faith. What is really real faith? And in there, there are six basic tests of our faith. And in our passage in chapter 4 here, faith needs to be tested in contrast to worldly-mindedness. In other words, in our culture that we live in, in our world, how does faith stand out? How does it differ from the rest of the world? See, a worldly person is a self-centered person who has a presumptuous, self-sufficient mindset, thinking that we got it all together. 
Well, let's take a look at that first verse in James chapter 4, verse 13. And James addressed this businessman that apparently think that he got it all together. Verse 13, and I'm reading from the NIV. It says, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this and that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. See, when we plan for the future, we make two big mistakes. Those mistakes we make because we have a self-sufficient mindset. We overestimate our abilities. And secondly, we underestimate God's character. We see here in verse 13, James addresses businessman who was self-assured. He was so confident of his traveling plan as well as his schedule. He knew exactly what's going to happen and his future results. He's going to make a lot of money. He got it all planned out. He was so certain and so definite that all of his plans is going to go exactly as he planned. And many of us are like this businessman. We deceive ourselves thinking that we are in control. But really, in reality, we are really not in control. We tend to overestimate our abilities. We might claim that we graduated from a well-known university. We're smart. And we got everything under control. You see, it's natural for us to want control. However, there is so many things that are out of our control. Those that know me, I'm a planner. I like to think ahead. I like to figure out where I need to be, what needs to take place. And many of you are also planners. You know, when I went to college, I planned to be a doctor. But that, that didn't come to fruition. And I also figure out when I need to get married. 25-year-old. I'll graduate at 22, get three years of working experience, save some money, got some experience, mature a little bit. I'm set to get married at 25. Well, my 25th birthday came and gone, and no uh, marriage. God didn't think I was ready, although I thought I was ready. I also targeted that I would go to seminary after I finished my university study. But again, my timing was off again. I thought I had everything under control. I, I mapped it all out. But 
it was not the case to be. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, it says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevail. You see, we overestimate what we can do because we believe that we are in control. It is easy for us to plan our lives without considering God's will because we deceive ourselves thinking that we are in control. Although we might not say this, but really, we are playing God. <laughs> See, the objective of this game is to have the final authority over our lives. Because we got everything under control, we are self-sufficient, and really, we don't really need God unless we really, really need God. We got it covered. We have everything mapped out. I, had a, I have a relative that is exceptionally smart. He became very successful in his career. His company sent him off as a representative to work with top officials in various countries. After a while, he felt that he really didn't need God because he was moving up the corporate ladder so very quickly. He boasts about his ability. He boasts about his connection and network with the right people. He feels that all you really need is to be smart and have right connection. And there is no limit as to what one can do. He overestimated his own abilities. James here in this, uh, the author of this uh, epistle, is rebuking those with self-sufficient attitude. You see, man's plans are always tentative. And he is really not sure that it will come to pass. We really do not know exactly what is going to happen tomorrow. There are always unexpected surprises. My daughter's family flew in last, last Sunday from L.A., and Ellie and I were very excited, um, looking forward to spending time with them. However, we found out that the plane was delayed, departing L.A. Well, that's, not a, that's kind of bad. But the plane took off without any trouble. Well, that's a good thing. However, there was a very tight schedule catching the connecting flight in Dallas. Well, that's not a good thing. However, when they arrived in Dallas, the connecting gate was only a few gates away. Well, that's a good thing. Well, they arrived early into Houston. That was a surprise. Well, that was a really good thing. 
However, the luggage did not come with the plane. Well, that's a bad thing. You know, there are so many unexpected things that happen to us. And we deceive ourselves thinking that, hey, we got everything covered. We are in control. But in reality, we are not. We also deceive ourselves thinking that we will be around for a long time. Let's take a look in verse 14. But you do not know what will happen tomorrow. Your life is like a mist. You can see it from a, from a short time. But then it goes away. The Bible describes our life as like a mist, like a vapor that appears for a short period of time and then it vanishes away. See, life is both uncertain and brief. We really do not have control of when it is time for us to depart. We might deceive ourselves, thinking that we will be around for a long time. One thing for certain, we will all die. However, we do not know when or how we will die. Every breath that we take is really a demonstration of God's grace to us. Recently, um, I invited our neighbors over to our home for a Christmas sing-along to get acquainted with our neighbors and, and look for opportunity to share about Christmas. Several of our, found, our, our neighbors were not able to come because of unexpected tragedies. One family had a car accident, and the father and the mother were killed in the accident. My next-door neighbor on my right side, her brother, the day before, had a quintuple bypass. My neighbor, three stores to my left side, her mother passed away that day that we had our gathering at a young age of 68. Life is a mist that appears for a little while and then vanish. These two verses, verses 13 and 14, reminds me of the parable of the rich fool recorded in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 to 21. I'd like to just read this um, parable to you, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. And he, Jesus, told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, well, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barn 
and build a bigger one. And there I will store my grain and my goods. And, and I will say to myself, I have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. We see here it is foolish to plan for the future without consulting with God. As human beings, we have no idea what will happen today. Let's uh, say what will happen next year. We are one heartbeat away from death. My dad's uh, boss, when he was working in the restaurant, uh, was uh, doing very well with his business. He was of good health in his 50s. One day he uh, went home from work and suddenly he collapsed and died. There was no warning sign whatsoever. You see, uh, we do not have control over our lives. God is the only one. There are two wrong ways to plan for the future. First, that we have a overestimate our abilities. And secondly, we underestimate God's character. See, because we are self-sufficient, we leave God out of the picture. We leave God out of our future planning because we do not value who God is. Let's take a look in verse 15. It says, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will lie and do this or that. See, instead of depending upon ourselves, we need to be dependent upon God. In verse 15 here, James starts with the word instead. In other words, he is contrasting the self-centered or self-sufficient person with this description of the world and how they go about planning for the future versus one that is God-centered and how he plans for the future. We see a Christ-centered follower is dependent upon the Lord. He wants to follow the Lord's will because of who God is. I want to identify Two significant characters of God. It gives us the basis to pursue God's will. And that is God is sovereign. And God is good. And because of who God is, we can trust Him about our future. 
as, as I stated earlier, we are not in control. But God is sovereign. And He is in control of all things. He has authority and power over all things. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, it says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. You see, we can plan all that we want, but if it doesn't align with God's purpose or God's will, it's not going to happen. It is only wise we find out what God's purpose might be, God's will for our life, and then adjust our plan to match God's plan. Not only is God is sovereign, but God is good. In First Chronicle chapter 16, verse 34, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. In Psalms 34, verse 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is God. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. See, God, the Heavenly Father, who loves His children, and wants the very best for them, he is good to them. Too many Christians um, look at the will of God as a bitter medicine that they need to take instead of looking at God's will as something that's really precious, as something that's wonderful. I love uh, what Ken Sandy, a well-known Christian counselor, said. He says, God is not only in control over us, He is also for us. Not only is the Lord Almighty, He is all loving. We trust God because God is both in control and He cares for us. If we truly understand and believe that God is sovereign and that God is good, then we would trust in His will for us. We will not underestimate who God is. We will not underestimate His character. We have looked uh, at how we are not to plan for the future. We are not to overestimate our ability. And we are not to underestimate God's character. The third uh, point to my message is to provide the right way to plan for the future. We must submit to God's will. Instead of being self-sufficient, we are to find our sufficiency in God as we submit to His will. See, when we play God, we are actually striving to be self-sufficient. Self-sufficient is a sin. 
it involves not only the sin of commission, but also the sin of omission. Notice in verse 17. It says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sin. This verse reveals a disobedient attitude. One thing is to be ignorant and not know what might be right or wrong. But it is another if we know what is right and chooses not to do it. That's really defiance. We might know that we ought to forgive our brother, but we might choose not to. We might know that we are to play with our children and spend time with them, but we might not do it. We might know that when we offend, when we are, we've been offended, that we, we should talk to this individual privately. We might not do it. We might know that we should depend upon the Lord, but we might choose not to do it. That is self-sufficiency. James call call this sin, self-sufficiency, sin. Sin or mission refuses to make a right response to God. It is knowing God's will, but not willing to do it. We deceive ourselves thinking that the sin of omission is not as bad as the sin of commission, where we knowingly act against God's will. When we fail to obey God's revealed will, we commit a sin of omission. God will hold us accountable not only for what we know, but what we do with what we know that is right. May we seek God's will and do it. Not only do we need to see that self-sufficiency is sin, but self-sufficiency is boasting. We see this in verse 16. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. James accused these self-sufficient individuals of boasting and bragging. You see, boasting and pride goes hand in hand. And it will lead to one's downfall as recorded in Proverbs 18.12. You know, during my early years of ministry, I was a very proud individual that was self-sufficient. Ministry was going great. Numbers were growing. And I overestimated my abilities and deceived myself thinking that I am in control. And I also underestimated God's character and relied upon my abilities. And I sinned against God. To teach me an important lesson, God humbled me by showing that I am not that capable. In addition, 
I was reminded that all the abilities that I have comes from the Lord. And I should use it to glorify God, not to promote myself. After decades of ministry, one of the key lessons I've learned that I need to understand that God is sufficient for me. Instead of trying to be God, we need to humble ourselves, believing that we are inadequate. We are weak. We are not in control of things. God is in control. He is sovereign. And not only is he sovereign, he is good. He is sufficient for us. May we trust and acknowledge God. Pray and ask God for his guidance and help. And the reason why we do not trust God is because we do not know him personally. In addition, we lose sight of the bigger picture that we are here, not for ourselves, but we're created to give glory to God. I love what John Piper has to say. He says, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. God desires for us to trust Him and to depend on Him. And when we come close to Him, we develop an intimate relationship with our Lord. And then we realize who God really is, more than just intellectually understanding, but really believing and experiencing who He is and what He's done in our lives. He has the best plan for each one of us. May we seek His will. Instead of demanding that God align His will with our will, may we seek God's will and align our will to match His will. He's the only one that is in control of all things. May we submit ourselves to His will, because that will come to pass, whether we want to go along with Him or not. And it is only wise if we choose to follow Him. A couple of weeks ago, um, I was talking to a brother in the Lord that I haven't seen for a while. I saw him at a wedding. And I asked him, well, how, how are you doing? And he said, amazing. God's been exceptionally good to me. Wow, I didn't expect that kind of answer. And then I was even more surprised at what he said next. He said, I'm scared because if I'm not careful, I will deceive myself thinking that I am in control. This is what Satan wants me to think. And I need to trust God even more. You see, this brother passed that test of faith Instead of depending upon himself, he depended on God as he plans for the future.
as we start a new year in a couple of days, may we prayerfully seek God's will. May we come close to Him. May we allocate regular time to spend with Him and to be satisfied in Him, knowing that God is sovereign and that He is good. And He wants us to know His will. And may we be obedient to God with those things that He has made known to us that we know is His will. And if we're not willing to do, do those things that we know are His will, why should He reveal things that might not be as clear to us? God wants to show us what is best for us. May we make ourselves available to the Lord to be used by Him because He is sufficient for us. Let's bow for prayer. Dear Lord, um, we pray that you forgive us for overestimating our own abilities. And we um, not only do that, but a lot of times we underestimate your character. We need to understand that we're really not in control. And we're not around forever. May we truly embrace you, understanding that you are in control. You are sovereign. You, you are good. You want the very best for your children. Lord, um, may we submit ourselves to your will. May we come close to you. May we find satisfaction in you and don't need anything else, Lord. May this new year gives us new hope to experience all that you want us to be. Now, that does not necessarily mean that everything is going to go rosy. Sometimes you permit difficult things to come into our lives so that we can trust you more. Father, thank you always being there. May we remember that you're sovereign and you are good to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.